on, DJ Nation. Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the BMW Championship. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambly. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What's going on, Kenny? We're back. Second last event of the regular of the season. We're into the playoffs now, so the second playoff event. One more coming up next week, the Tour Championship. Lucas Glover going full Billy Ho on us, man. He's kicking things off, winning, winning, and we'll see what he does. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepix.com. If you haven't yet done so, head on over to prizepix.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% deposit bonus up to $100. NFL just around the corner, so lots of action to get in over on prizepix.com. Kenny, there was a term that came up this past week, bedwetters. Kind of like that one. Uh, downside of me on Twitter said it. And man, Lucas Glover, well, he didn't wet the bed and went on to win in the playoff. Those pants look like a bedwetter out there. I mean, this guy was just sweating his ass off literally, but got the job done. Can't lay into the water, man, right out of the gate. Just didn't, didn't make you know anything exciting at the end. And Glover, some of those putts down the stretch, man, just incredible. So back-to-back wins for Lucas G. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive shit. Like, okay, the win the week before was a win, shitty field. Uh, he's had, what, a four uh, top sixes, shitty field. The win this past week was definitely not a shitty field. Probably one of the best fields we would see uh, this year, except for the fact that it was, you know, only 70 golfers. Um, and, and, and the crazy thing is on Sunday, he basically had the entire Ryder Cup contingent chasing his ass down. Like, every player that was behind him couple strokes back, already basically locks for the Ryder Cup. And he was able to hold all them off. Incredibly impressive stuff from this guy, 42-year-old guy. The, his first one was like in 2005, right? I mean, the guy's been around forever. Um, and, you know, and he's been through a lot of down, ups early in his career, winning a major, and then downs. Uh, you know, didn't win for years. Won like three years ago, finally. Didn't win for three years. Goes back to back. The guy was putting like Ben fucking Crenshaw out there. Like just, just making every fucking distance putt. Like on that back nine. That back, Here's the thing. We talked about this last week. Not that excited about the playoffs. But that Sunday was fun TV. Uh, it, was, it was a really good watch. Um, I think the best part was the weather delay caused like the, the 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 coverage to go long on CBS and I don't know how the commercial stuff works uh on the TV but it looked like the, like the back nine there were hardly any commercials at all like it was great and they were showing all these shots it was wonderful uh really exciting to watch and I didn't even have any skin in the game the closest guy I had I needed some some I had in each web so I, I I hit that and of course but it just chopped in half because of all the people that tied and of course he missed a two and a half foot birdie on 16, which would have put him in fifth place by himself. And I wouldn't have been chopped. And I wouldn't have gotten the full place money <laughs> on that. But still, uh, you know, I really didn't have anyone that was really, uh, you know, in the running to win it. And it was, it was great TV. It was great golf. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, it was wonderful seeing uh, Lucas do his thing. what did you think about the event? I'm going to stick by my original take. I actually did not find it that exciting. Again, I don't, again, maybe it's just the thing, but good for Lucas. Can't lay getting into the mix. I think why people liked it probably is because there was a lot of Fleetwood ticket holders out there. And we really thought it was going to be Fleetwood's time. I thought it was his job time. done. But even beyond that, like all the most of the other stuff happened earlier in the day, like Connors, Speed, M, those guys sort of making their move. Homa, 
late. Obviously, he had that eagle, but he made those bo- uh, bogeys, double bogeys down the stretch. Like, I, again, I just, it was not thrilling to me. I love that course, though. I really do. I love the finishing hole. I, I love that course. Still enjoyable. Just wasn't, like, crazy, and we didn't get exactly what we wanted down the stretch. Like, Rory, that T3 doesn't really reflect that he l- literally just missed by a stroke off of everything. It just didn't feel that way. Again, same thing, but good for Lucas. I still don't think he's on the Ryder Cup team. And, man, I know what you're going to say. Well, what if he does this this week? Sure. No, they no, no. If, 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 it, if, if the pick was today, you don't think he'd make the team? No. Why? Still, he's still like, he's almost like he's he's in the mix with so many. He's like, what is he, like 16th or 17th that moved him up, up the board? They have too many guys to pick from, man. They're not just going to go, oh, Lucas Glover won last week and this week. We have to put him on the team now. I well, just, it's not just that, but it's four top sixes five top sixes in his last six events. Yeah, I So think it's not like it's like a one or two week thing. The think, guys have been playing like this for two months. Yeah, I, th- I think he needs to do more. I think he needs to do it again this week. And maybe he will. 50 man. I think, I think if it ended, it. if it ended, if they picked today, he's on the team. Uh, he, he would take out JT. He would take out Fino. Here's my team. Uh, well, you talk about why, more about why you don't think he's on the team. While I bring up my team up who I think is going to make it. Give me one second. I just don't, I don't think they classify like how you're classifying it. And if I go back to it, cause I'll have it here with me somewhere. I don't think they go, Oh, the win, like the win-win is definitely the biggest factor. Then the fourth, sixth and fifth before the miscut. I don't think anybody gives a shit about that. Lots of people have that on their resume throughout the season and it's fine. And again, picking different times, who's hot now versus who's not. I just don't know if the 42 year old gets put on the team at the last second when they're because of these two wins, I just don't know. I, I think he has to do it again. I think he has to do but, it. But I mean, it would have happened with Billy Horschel. It happened with Ryan Moore. Um, I mean, you would exp- I mean, they usually take a hot guy at the end. Uh, yeah, I, if it's not Lucas Glover, I think it, again, I'm not, I'm t- saying he's playing amazing. I'm saying I just don't think, as an outsider looking in, I don't think they put Lucas on the team. I just don't think he gets the pick. Now, I don't think, you know, there's still two weeks left. So I don't think it's guaranteed. I think if he shits the bed the next two weeks, he's not going to make the team. But, I think if 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 they picked right now, I think he. I don't. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be on the team. And so what if like, uh, what if this week he goes like fifth? No, what, no. What, I, I don't care about goes, this week. I don't give a fuck about this week. I said if, if if we picked right now, I think he's on the team. Okay, but I definitely don't. We're not picking bet, right now. I would now. bet heavily against that one. And I want to ask you now to ask a different question. If he goes fifteenth, fifteenth, these next two weeks, what happens? If he's finished 15th on the PGA on the tour championship after being in the top five, probably going in there, then yeah, no, he's out. Okay. He's got to finish top five in the tour championship. Yeah. If he finishes top five in the tour championship or wins this week, he's in. I mean, uh, definitely. This, week, that's no just doubt. Nuts. If this guy wins yeah. three in a row. That's yeah. 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 Go there, ahead. There's I no just... doubt. But I think, I, but I mean, I think he's still, I don't think he, I think there's still a way for, there's still an easy way for him to play himself out. So who are and, we chatting know, about then? Because this is good conversation for like a, a week that we don't have much going on. It's a 50 man field. Yeah. We're going to get to all that, but let's go do our, let's do some more Ryder cup conversation for two seconds here. Who mm-hmm. do you have? I know we're doing it as of today and you have Glover on it. So start there, but I'm saying like, who, who do you have off? Like who are like three of the guys that you have off? That so could take JT Burns, Finau, Denny, Keegan, Bryson. Those are the guys that are, that are, going to be fighting for that final spot the the 11 that i got in are scheffler Wyndham clark Harmon, kepka xander cantley homa cam young only because freddie couples already said he's on the team the backtrack on that would be horrible uh for the captain and the player i don't think they can backtrack on that it's okay. already been made public 
So I, no matter what he does, it's going to be extremely difficult for, for Zach Johnson to, to not put him on a team. And it's sort of funny. Did Zach tell Freddie to say this? I mean, it really puts him ZJ in a bind if he did not tell him to say that. Uh, because as of now, I, you know, I have Cam Young in there uh, be- just because of what Freddie Couple said. Um, and then Jordan Spieth, Morikawa, and then Fowler. I have Ricky in uh, just because of the way just because of the way he's played for almost the whole entire year. The yeah. game has been exceptional. He's been one of the top ten Americans for this year. Now the last, you know, the Ryder Cup takes two years into account, and so his last year in two thousand twenty two sucked ass. So he didn't get that many points. Uh, you know, he got all of his points this year in the fin- I think he's like 14th, 15th. And, you know, to get up that high, it's pretty solid work in a year of good golf. Uh, and so the guys that are out, Glover, Finau, JT, Burns, Keegan, uh, Bryson. So, and I have Glover in the last spot. Of those six, who do you put in front of Glover? Yeah, though I guess that's where the challenge came. Was you said it. I, I would still bet against it today, just because I think they would take somebody else. But I but think who that, of the six do you, would you take over him? Pro- probably Fino. Probably Fino. I would. I, I thought Fino was going to make the team too. Yeah. Until and, and that's he's where been playing like straight garbage. Yeah. For real the last quick. Six my, months. Six weeks. Yeah, for sure. My my take is that that's what puts again. You're talking today, and so are, so am I right now. So I get it. But I'm saying like what puts Glover on thin ice is the outsiders have like if, if what Finau who by the way back here in 20 came fifth and who I think sets up pretty well this week if he decides to show up this week I think that's more than enough and even though it those changes. two wins it kind of just bumps him and like I just think he's on thin ice and I didn't like fully oh, put the he's yeah, definitely saying, on like, thin ice Glover's, I still just you know, think I mean, today it's like yeah. again it just happened like too quick for them to last minute go okay he's the hottest in the world right now let's put him on the team I, I just don't but know they, if they, they would but they changed the rules of getting into the Ryder Cup because exactly of this situation yeah like the billy ho situation in 2014 right i mean this is like the exact reason they changed these rules so they can get the hot guy in in the last spot right yeah uh so i mean and now again like you said this is all if it ends today and i think it, you know i think the only people it, uh, unless keegan or Finau does something in the next two weeks if it ended today and you had to pick, I think it's between JT and, and Glover. And I know people don't think JT should make the team. I don't think JT should make the team. I don't think Cam Young should make the team. But Cam Young already in by Freddie. JT, just a legacy call. I mean, if you look back on Alter, uh, who, you know, has been a captain's pick almost every single time. Like, he rarely ever, ever yeah. qualifies for the team. But they always pick his ass because the Americans hate him. And he plays a certain way at the Ryder Cup, which is leaps and bounds better than he plays, uh, uh, you know, uh, in in a regular to- uh, regular tour normally. Now the different now JT, I could see him being that annoying American polter. That's sort of who he is. Yeah, like he's pretty fucking annoying to play against uh, if you're a European golfer, right? I mean, like he has sort of like that 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 trigger mechanism where you can get people pissed off at him, uh, you know, showing to uh, emotion, doing anything. That's why you know I like him on a team. Uh, when he now, drops that putter down, when he drops that putter down, says, "Really, yeah. you're not going to give me that?" It just yeah, gets yeah, yeah, yeah. He does some bit. shit. He yeah. does some shit to fucking egg the Europeans on. And like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a really good thing to have uh, on your team. Um, now the way he's playing, he's playing like garbage, right? 
Uh, he's not even playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's not even trying to go to Europe and play in these events. They already uh, did the uh, couple of uh, things. And I guess these events start next week, or there might be a Euro event this week. I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, but he's not in it. This week, yeah. But he's not in it. This would be the one he needs to be in to but show. Does he know that form. he's already on the team? That's what I'm thinking, right? I mean, don't you think like his love of the Ryder Cup? You know, it's like one of his favorite events. You could see it, like the way he plays and the emotion and playing for your country. You see that when he's out there. Yeah. Um, and to not try and do something to give him an edge to try and overtake Lucas Glover, he's just gonna chillax for seven weeks before. That leads me to believe one of two things. Either ZJ said, you're not in, and you can't be in, or you're already in. Right? I mean, those, those, are the, those are the two two ways. I know it's pretty self-explanatory. People don't like that call, though. I said it last week, and I know we're talking Finau, Glover, Young, and you're talking the Young reason because of the couples thing. But at the same time, you think ZJ doesn't call up Tiger and go like, man, this is a tough dilemma, bro. Like, what do you think I should do here? And you don't think just, Tiger's going to be like, pick my boy? I just value your opinion. Like, I just want to know what you think. And I definitely think this is true. Like, it's just a buddy checking, calling up with another buddy that he trusts and knows is the, like the king of the game, the, the king shit of the game of golf. He's like, I need to get your opinion. And it's easy to lean on. He knows he's going to get backlash if he picks JT. But guess what? JT has an incredible Ryder Cup history to lean on. He's pesky. JT has played bad in like in his um, results, but it, like we said, there's been blow up holes, the nine ball or the 10 ball, whatever was that like things like that don't kill you in a Ryder cup format. And then guess what? The guy still has what? 15 wins, two majors. He's still young. He has such camaraderie with the guys in that locker room and pairings that they can put him with. I don't think ZJ is going to feel bad if he does it and, and take too much real backlash. And like you said, when he calls up tiger for advice, tiger's going to say, dude, take my guy. Like, you know, this guy's heat. He's coming out with fire in his belly. He's coming out at Ryder Cup is not the same. He's going to battle for you. You're going to be thankful you picked him. And ZJ's going to be like, well, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to do that versus this. But I don't know. I, I don't know. It's tough. That, it's the craziest that, I can remember it, to be honest, yeah. for it's these wild. picks and this everything. I, like, just like, nuts. I don't think JT should make the team, but I think he will. Right. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I think as long as Glover, Finau, Burns, and Keegan don't do much, these next two weeks, especially the last three, Glover's going to be a tough one. But the last three, Finau, Keegan, and Burns, if they don't do nothing, and it's just between JT and Glover, and Glover doesn't finish top five in the Tour Championship, I could see a path for JT making this team. And those calls, uh, whether that's the right call, yeah, like the, the, I meant like real phone calls for ZJ to call up his boys or whoever they are, these guys in this case, and say, unfortunately, you didn't make the team. Like, for though, if they don't come through in these spots, it's like too little, too late, great run and amazing work, but here's this. Like, all these ones are not hard phone calls. I'm saying they're all going to be hard. They'll say they're hard, but I'm saying, like, I don't think to let Sam Burns know or Keegan Bradley or uh, any of those guys or Cam Young, if Cam Young isn't the shoe-in the Freddie Couple set, like, to call those guys up, it's really, to me, not that hard of a phone call. I'm not the guy calling. I mean, in the sense of, like, there's not, it's not like they've done crazy shit besides maybe Glover for the other guys to just write them off and say, dude, you crushed at the start of the season or you had yourself a great year. I'm really pumped for you. Unfortunately, you know, this task is hard at hand this year and it's really tough. It just was an unfortunate cut that I had to make. Boom. Like it, nothing you can do. It sucks, but yeah. I just don't feel like it's that close on those guys. The Glover one, a big one, and he has two weeks to lock it down. 
the JT thing. And again, again, I I don't think JT should be on the team. Should make the team, but I've been going a little more back and forth, just thinking about this a little bit more. But I think if 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 it ended now, Glover should make the team. Uh, If Glover doesn't finish top five, and those other cats that I talked about don't do well, I think JT's on. Um, Let's get some clarity this week, and we'll we'll reconvene next week just to see. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's move on. Let's go to our Listener League winner from last week. It was our final Listener League. And we'll, we'll have more chats about certain stuff because there is a player I do want to talk about here um, before we uh, yeah. uh, get out of here. But we'll do that when we get to the tiers. Um, so the winner of last week. Oh, man, I just had it up. Give me one sec. The winner is C Mons. C underscore Mons. And I guess it might be his face in the avatar. I do not know. It's him uh, or Bradley Cooper. Who knows? I, I, I can't. I can't see. It. It's too <laughs> I small. I can't tell who it is on my phone. It, it does, if it's Bradley Cooper or it's him, he has a big rash on his forehead or something. I don't know what's going on with that. Anyways, great lineup by Simons. Before we get to his lineup, let's talk about our lineups because we had a pretty strong one-two finish. Uh, not oh no, not one-two finish, but pretty strong finishes. Uh, this week for for the hosts of the Fantasy Golf Jenners. I know Tambo finished what thirteenth, fourteenth, and twenty first for each 14th, of us. I I finished twenty first, so the top twenty five, two top twenty fives for the hosts. So so pretty it, solid. It, it, Actually, it's only relevant because those are shit results, but not really when you consider the two of us in a thousand man tournament. I think it's the best combination finish. Like I came yeah. sixth a few weeks ago. You've won it before. I've I'm saying. That of us both having a really good week and being up there, that's how hard this tournament is. It's really challenging. Yeah. It's like feels like winning a major. That's what it feels <laughs> right. like. So I know, it's right? Like, it's tough. It's really tough, it's to tough to win the fantasy golf degenerate listeners. I've probably league, so. played like over two hundred of these and I've won once. I've got <laughs> you know? my best ever is that sixth place. So that yeah. just tells yeah, you how yeah. tough it is to get up to and, the top. And place. of course the variance because you are like one of the best GPP players out there, and I basically suck balls. And I've won this motherfucker before. So there you go. Uh, you know, that shows you the variance in this fucking game. It's wild. All right. So, Simons, he, uh, are we doing a listener league this week, Tambo? Let's tell the no. People. So, real quick note on that, and then we'll go to his lineup quick is the, the listener league, like we said last week, is done. Found out a little bit more clarity on it. So, what, what it'll be is we'll get it back for the swing season. We'll run it straight through until the real TOC. And then we'll have our TOC the week after at the Sony Open. We'll run our tournament of champions. That'll give us time at the Tournament of Champions to let you guys know and get in there to talk about the prizes and the cash and the tickets and things like that that will be available. Swag, gear, whatever else we've got. We're going to put as many things in it. It'll be our best prizes ever. I guarantee that. So that will be the case. And that gives a few more people the chance to get in after CMONS for the eight events in the swing season. The Tournament of Champions will be the final to close off our Tournament of Champions. And then we'll have it at the Sony Open. So Simon started with the Southern California boys. Yeah. Xander Schaffler, who finished 24th, uh, 14% owned. Patrick Canley, 14% owned. Of course, finished runner-up. Um, Sung Jay, uh, he was 11% owned. He finished in, uh, what, sixth place? Uh, still got me to each way, but it was chopped, still bitter. Russell Henley, uh, he finished in sixth place as well. He was 11% owned. Cam Davis, well, one of my more favorite players last week, 11% owned. Um, he finished in sixth place. And also Justin Rose, who, I don't know, dude went ham. I think at one point he was like six over. Round one, uh, he had a 76 and then battled yeah. back. 
Man, battled back seven and a half percent owned. Uh, he finished top twenty. Great lineup. What'd you think, Tampa? Yeah, I loved it. The just the Justin Rose thing and no cut even feels even better because for for people just to follow this quickly, when, when a no cut, obviously it, it, you know you get a chance. You know you're getting three more rounds. So even if the Justin Rose one when he sucks on day one, and you think you're dead. You know you're at least getting three more rounds. But it go it happens all the time, even in main slate stuff where sort of like a, a regular week where there is a cut and all that. But again, remember when somebody shoots a seventy six on day one, if they battle back. They have there's all those points that come with the battle back, and that's like the guy goes and shoots a 61 on Saturday. I believe it was bogey free, had a streak, like he just had everything with it. So the point is, yes, it's a no cut, so you can say it's easier for something like that to happen because he wasn't guaranteed it. If not, who knows? But you just it's four rounds. Very rarely does someone have four amazing rounds. Like Cantley this week was a, a, an example of that he went 68, 67, 66, 64. I believe Justin Ray had posted it would have been the first time. All at least all season, if not maybe something a crazier stat that anyone had shot better every round and then went on to win, which seems like the norm, but it's not actually true. A lot of times, guy post a sixty-two on Friday that catapults them into the contention, and they hang on Saturday and close on Sunday. It's just not normal that a guy goes gets better every round and posts a sixty-four in the final round and could have won, but he did not. But overall, like the lineup, balanced. Right, which is surprising because a lot of options for stars and scrubs last week. We're going to talk about that again this week. And the reason it's a little bit surprising is because even with with all the scoring that was out there last week, Kenny, you would have thought that you would have saw more of those guys. And with Rory McIlroy doing something as one of the higher priced guys and being in the mix, you would have thought you saw it. But it just really came down to like there wasn't necessarily a lot of guys at the bottom that scored enough or outscored their finishing position. And you ended up having all these guys finish T6 that were. 8,000, 7,800, 7,200, like Davis, Henley, M in his, in his lineup alone. And then, of course, we go to the guy in second who actually had Glover at almost 10% ownership. So people were on it, 7,400 and wins. You know, I, I didn't see if there was any more there to look at it, but just in general, a Connors, 7,600, you know, all, all these guys. And then Fleetwood, Cantlay, X, some of those guys being in the mix or scoring well. So yeah, balanced ended up getting the job done last week, even when Stars and Scrubs seemed like it would be more prevalent with all those options at the bottom. All right, so uh, we'll see Simons in the uh, three-man, our final three-man of this season. Uh, So make sure you go in and uh, click the invite because some guys lately haven't been doing that. It's just been me versus Tambo, and Tambo usually wins. You got me last last week, week. though. You got me last week. Except I beat him last week. All right, so let's get to this week. Let's get to this week. I love this course. This is going to be a fun fucking week. This one is. I'll give you that. I love this course, too. This course is is money, dude. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, The FedEx Cup playoffs, they roll into the second week as golfers travel just outside of Chicago for the BMW Championship from Olympia Fields uh, Country Club. Golfers will try and make the top 30 after this week to advance to the Tour Championship. Some golfers currently on the outside looking in. Uh, Figala, 31st. Rose, 32nd. Fitz, 40th. Cam Young, 46th. Decky, 47th. Um, now, Olympia Fields has hosted the 2015 U.S. Amateur and also has hosted numerous college events in the last decade plus. Uh, Bryson won the U.S. Am that year with Rom finishing in fifth. Straka and Denny, both in the field, finishing in 17th. Uh, Matt Wolf won the Illini Invitational here in 2018 with Morikawa, finish, Morikawa finishing in second, Hovland finishing in sixth. Uh, Harris English has won a college event here uh, in the last 15 years. Now, the last time that the PGA Tour played here uh, was at the 2020 BMW Championship where Rom beat DJ in a playoff after both finished at minus 
four. Okay. Uh, the course played exceptionally difficult with five to seven inch rough and firm conditions the first couple of days. Uh, the conditions were so difficult that they watered the greens heavily on the weekend. Uh, now, one glaring thing you saw with the leaderboard that year was the fact that the top six golfers in the field are on the leaderboard, all finished inside the top 15 in driving distance. Now, the driving the driving accuracy percentage that year, 48%. The greens and regulation percentage that year, 58%. So everybody was missing fairways. Everybody was missing greens. Uh, so take that into account when you're looking at golfers this week. Now, the thing is, you throw in, like, okay, so you throw in Bryson winning here. You throw in Matt Wolf winning, uh, you know, at this event, uh, in a college event here. Seems like bombers are going to be the way to go. But I will say, um, Harmon, uh, uh, Brian Harmon, Brendan Todd, Matt Hughes, all finished top 12 here in 2020. And then the last time it was played here, uh, a major was played here, was 2003. And the godfather of plotting, at least the last 30 years, Jim Furyk won this event. So there is hope for those guys with a little short stick off the tee. Um, now, the organizers of the BMW Championship tend to let the course, you know, courses have very scorable conditions. Like, uh, you know, as we've seen, like in the last decade plus, uh, you know, we've seen like minus 20, minus 27, like crazy low scoring happen. And some of them have happened on courses that have hosted majors like Marion, Crooked Stick, Aronimic. All of those were like minus 20 plus winners, right? So I remember this vividly because, you know, of course, the course description, sort of my shit, right? And so I remember going into this event and I was like, they're going to make it easy. You're going to see like 15 to 20 on there. They're not going to give us the real Olympia fields. Well, for some reason, they were like, fuck it. Let's make this the most difficult tournament they're going to play the whole year. I I don't know why they the organizers at the BMW Championship did that in 2020, but I haven't heard anything that's going to tell me they're going to do anything different. So expect carnage. Expect, you know, high scores. Expect not many birdies. Expect that you need placement points. Uh, that's what you're going to have to go with uh, in, in this type of event. Now, uh, Olympia Fields, 7,370-yard par 70, four par threes, two par fives. The first hole, a mammoth, you know, a par five. They can stretch out over 630 yards. Um, and the par five 15th, around 570, but they have like multiple tees. They can play over 600 yards as well. Um, two of the law, two of the par threes are uh, on the longer, on the shorter side between 160 and 185. And the other two are well over 200 yards with the par three eighth hole stretching out over 280 yards, almost a 300 yard par three. Now, seven of the par fours are between 450 and 500 yards and two are under 400 yards. The two short par fours are back to back holes on 11 and 12, which is then preceded by the easiest hole on the course. Like if there's going to be a chance for a birdie streak, it's going to be 11, 12, 13. Um, now golfers will need to get a lot of scoring done on these three holes and two par fives to stay near the top of the leaderboard. Now, off the tee, golfers are going to see average to narrow tree line fairways with bunkers in play in the landing zones. Now, the bunkers are predominantly large, but if a golfer misses near the front lip of these bunkers, a layup situation may be the only possible outcome. 
uh, the rough will be, if it's like last time, it's going to be around five to seven inches tall. We don't know if that's going to change this year. This is basically what I'm going on from the 2020. Uh, we'll have to see as the week goes on if that's going to be the similar course setup. But from 2020, we're looking at around five to seven inches tall of rough, and golfers are going to have to miss the fairway by, by about eight to 12 yards to hit it into the trees. Now, looking at videos here, there doesn't seem to be too many like low-hanging branches uh, on these on these trees, so golfers should be able to punch out uh, fairly easy with a low trajectory shot. Now, the issue is that these greens have very narrow openings in front for the ball to roll up, and most greens are securely guarded by large, deep front side bunkers. Now, I do expect driver to be pulled out a bunch this week by most golfers. The course is pretty straightforward off the tee with only subtle dog legs on some holes, pretty freaking straight. On approach shots, golfers are going to see small, elevated, bankgrass poa blended greens that slope heavily from back to front. Now, hitting it over the greens this week will make it for a very difficult up and down to a normally elevated green that slopes away from the golfers. So I expect a lot of approaches to come up 15 to 25 feet short on back pin locations. On front pin locations, golfers are going to have to deal with a fall-off area on most holes and plenty of large bunkers that guard the front of the greens. Now, outside of the fall-off area, most greens are surrounded by the same 5 to 7-inch rough the golfers will see off the fairways. The greens have plenty of slope and contour and should play quick, 12 and a half on the stem. Um, I expect the conditions to be tough regardless of the weather, though there could be 20-mile-per-hour gusts on Thursday, which can make round one a fucking shit show, and I can't wait. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? I'm doing everything while you're talking about that, and it's funny you said that piece at the end because I was pulling a little Justin Ray on my own over here trying to look stuff up, but that year, I'm not sure what the weather was like in 20, but first of all, we talked about that stat with Cantlay, and it was this season, the first to improve their round every day. If he had a one, he would have been the first golfer this season to improve their, his round day over day and go on to win. Interestingly enough, we go back to 2020 here, John Rahm, 75 on day one. Meanwhile, guys like Decky throwing up 67s, Mackenzie Hughes, 69. But anyway, 75, 71, 66, 64 gets the job done. And crazy. Well, I told you, I told you in the course preview what they did. They watered the greens right. heavily on yeah. the weekends. So that that's true. But I'm saying, like, still, it's just funny when you go back, because what I was going to add is Neiman, same thing, 72, 71, 68, 67. Uh, Kokrak, 74, 71, 69, 66. Just crazy how many guys went that low on Sunday. Uh, there was even one more. I forget who it was. Somebody else did it as well. Uh, it was Casey, 73, 72, 71, 68. So either way, uh, we'll see what it plays like this year. But for me, uh, you know, just going on back to it, I always stick to Tita Green on these hard courses. I talked about it last week. It worked out okay. Uh, you know, just approach in general, bogey avoidance in general. What, what do you think the score is going to be like, though? How do you think it's going to play this year when it comes to that like what do you see I, mean, I think a, that year a, there was five guys under par yeah i mean i i would expect the same i mean these guys maybe have, they've seen it now once so maybe they play a little bit better six okay. to eight under tops maybe so so with that said that was the second piece i was trying to add especially with it being another no cut and 50 instead of 70 and it's getting smaller as we go uh obviously the easy strategy tactic as a lot of people talk about is just to leave salary and just go with that sure uh, you know, makes perfect sense. In these events, you can get away with it more than anything because of that, and it'll get you more unique and all those factors. But also, I do think, you know, it was already talked about today, I posted on Twitter, the 5Ks are back, right? So you've got Rogers, Kitayama, Hoagie, Power, and Nick Taylor. 
55 to 5,900. You got 12, one back, which is on Rory now after the great finish last week. So we get a little bit of a discount on Scotty, which we'll get there in a second. But I will say with only 50 guys and to be able to make it all work. Now it does seem like people will commit. I don't know though, because like last week, uh, balance worked out. So maybe people just stick with that. But I'm just saying when you have to remember last week, there was still a lot of scoring available out there. We saw lots of stuff happening. Eagles and, you know, uh, hole in ones, like things like we just, anything can happen. That's more variance. But my point is we did see a lot more scoring last week, lower scores, et cetera. This week, if we see something similar to 2020 or even slightly better to your point, they know it a little more, they played a little better, whatever. The point is those position points then become a little bit more important. And you could see that if like none of the five K guys come through and the six K low six K guys, it's not necessarily the same where they're outscoring their position. If they're not up the board, that's going to matter a lot more. You could have a bunch of guys at plus two that finish in the top 10. I was looking at it there for last, uh, last time around. It was like, who was it? I was just looking at, um, you know, Brendan Todd, you mentioned Lanto Griffin, Mackenzie Hughes, all these guys in there, Brian Harmon, Sebastian Munoz shot a 70, 75 with just a 67 to 69. He's sitting eighth and you get all those position points that go with that matters so much more on these tougher events. So I do think there's something to think about there. When you look at the balance builds, I don't know if that'll happen or not and how it actually shakes out once we get to Wednesday. But I will say this last week, you saw it. There was really balanced ownership for the most part overall. I I suspect we'll see that again. Like, again, there's not too many guys that get, you know, 1% owned or something like that. And there's not too many guys that get 35% owned or 40. So we'll see bit smaller field that can all boost somebody somewhere, but I, I just see that it's going to be pretty balanced across the board, makes it a little bit more high variance for those looking for these leverage plays and spots. It's not necessarily guaranteed. You're going to have to look more at combinations and your overall roster construction than just this play over that play. For example, I, I like that. I like the combination talk because I mean, you're right. It's going to be uh people are going to get ownership no matter what, because it's 50, 50 people. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to be able to, 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 to differentiate, you're going to need to get like, a couple of them, you know, like you know, that are going to be ten percent owned, uh, which would be probably on the very low end of the ownership spectrum when it comes down to total ownership for the week. Yeah, um, I'm not sure where you... Speed finished last week, but just a quick example on that: like by the end of Wednesday night, you just knew like Rory already was getting squeezed, which you could tell. And I posted in our Discord over at Chip and Nation. I was like, I don't even like Rory that much this week. Now he ended up doing better. I'm glad I got some of them, but I was saying I, I don't love it. But man, I can just see it now. I keep running stuff. He is getting squeezed on mass numbers of lineups. So like, that's easy to tell Rory in that spot, but then you could see certain combinations like Rory with eight K guys. Like if you went Rory with Homa and someone like, it just wasn't happening. And then Rory with speed, for example, was like the two of the most squeezed guys up top that obviously can play well in a 70 man field with a no cut event. Like you talked about speed's potential to have his wizardry wizardry. Uh, Rory just getting squeezed period. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this week, but I definitely think that's something to look at when you're building out your lineups more than just I'll leave 200 bucks on every lineup and I'm good. That, that's not true at all. Well, you can, let's start with these tiers. Let's go all the way up from um, Jordan, all the way up to Rory. I mean, obviously the person that's going to be squeezed in my opinion is going to be Scheffler. Uh, do you agree with me on this? Uh, probably. Because, but, yeah, I think, I because Rory with his, like Rory Rory with his performance last week. Yep. Rory with his performance last week and the domination of Bombers that have littered the leaderboards at this event in any type of shape or form. Uh, and then you have Rom, who won here in 2020 and came in fifth at the 2015 U.S. Am. Um, now, is he going to be able to squeeze enough even after a poor performance last week to get Scheffler as the lowest of these three? 
I just I just see them all like who knows what it will actually be. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it's like what if it's 25 2020 or 25 22 18 or something. It's not it's not going to be that much. And again, because there's options at the bottom that I think people are going to feel comfortable with when we get there, the Shanks, the Eric Coles, the Lee Hodges, the you know, some of those guys, I I definitely think there's going to be ways that you see these guys fit in. So you do have to keep that in mind. Also, to that note, Kenny, one interesting uh, roster construction because we're up here. I don't instead of like I feel so much better talking about it this way this week, especially than like this guy, that guy. But it makes sense. I'm just saying like there isn't a possibility at a at a course like this when you get tough courses like this, the runaway is more possible than anywhere else. Like where where you get like a, a Rom Scotty take off versus the right. It just it can happen. It's more likely it could end up being in a balanced version. I'm not saying it has to be stars and scrubs for this. I'm just saying you can see where two guys just do their job or two or three guys get out ahead of it. And yes, you could say that gets boring on Sunday, but sometimes it's interesting. Go back to the, the open where Phil and Stenson ran away with it at a very tough Troon that year, which I believe we're going to Troon next year. I'm excited about it. I like that course. That year was fun, the wind, all that stuff, but just in general off topic, but still like at least there was two guys battling. It wasn't a runway one guy. It was, there was two guys battling. You knew it was those two. Whoever makes a mistake first became like match play, but still made for some battle down the stretch. We've seen it at the Memorial happen in the past, but this is another course, very fitting that the Memorial I find is very similar, like a comp course that people would go to thinking of these names of the guys that have won it, the, the Roms, the Cantleys, those types of players. I just think in general, this is a spot you could see it. And if you can find a way to work with a couple of these guys up top, whether it's, the California guys again can't lay Xander and do them and then drop down. I'm just saying, I think you can go two guys up top here on this type of setup this week. Yeah, especially with the 5K and sort of what, what we're doing. My first cash game cornerstone is going to be Victor Hovland here um, at 10,300. You know, I thought about Rory, I thought about Ron, but to save the amount, I want three studs in, that I think can win this event uh, in the top of my lineup. And that's the way I'm going. I'm going super stu- stars and scrubs. Uh, this week. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Victor Hovland. I do like Rory. Let's sort of take away from the tears real quick and let's talk about Rory McIlroy. Um, so I went on Twitter uh, and talked about, um, you know, like, why do people like Rory so much? Like, I am, I've never been a Rory fan. And I'll be honest with you, the more I thought about this, uh, the the reason I do not like Rory is the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, I don't like any European golfers that have dominated us from 1991 to 2018. Uh, any golfers on those teams, I just I just can't get behind. You know, like the younger guys, like the Hovlands and the Roms and stuff like that, who really haven't been crushing us every year, year in and year out for 30 years. Um, you know, because they don't bother me as much. But the Ryder Cup, in my opinion, in my personal life, is the greatest sporting event there is. Uh, I love it more than the Super Bowl. I love it more than watching my commanders or the Redskins or whatever the fuck you want to call them play, um, more than the Caps. Um, the only thing equivalent would be when the Caps won the Stanley Cup. Uh, at least in my adulthood, my, you know, you know, the Redskins won uh, in 92. And I do remember that vividly. Uh, but, you know, I was 11 years old, 12 years old. So, um, so I, you know, I basically live and die with the Ryder Cup every year, rooting for America uh, to do their thing. And it's just been so disappointing for 30 years. We never winning uh, over there and always getting our ass whooped. So I just ingrained 
this hatred towards these European players because, you know, they whoop our asses. And this is my event. This is the one that I love. And so what happens to me is I end up just making any type of excuse to, 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 to hate on Roy. That's just the way it is. But, but the, you know, I'll find whatever the fuck I can find. But like, hey, fuck that dude, right? And so the funny thing is, so when I put it out there uh, on Twitter, all the Rory fans, super articulate, right? Uh, they're out there talking about, like, he's so well-spoken. Uh, he speaks his mind. Uh, he's a great player, blah, blah, blah. Very, very well-spoken, well-thought-out answers. Uh, you know, because I asked, I was like, why do you, why do you, why do people like Rory McIlroy? Um, and then, you know, all the anti-Rory guys like, fuck that bitch, that whiny ass pussy. Like, those are the responses from like the anti-Rory crowd, right? And I'm like, so I'm looking at these comments and I'm like, man, uh, this is, this is my association. Like he's a, he, I don't like Roy and all these people who don't like Roy, like, what does that say about me? Right. What, is, what does that say about me? When all these people are going, fuck that bitch, uh, that whiny ass bitch. So, yeah, those are the answers that I got for anti Roy. Uh, so it, it sort of made me think a little bit like, huh, maybe I am on the wrong side of this. I don't know. Uh, but I just thought it was funny. And the main thing for me, uh, you know, with Rory is, is the Ryder Cup, but I can make excuses. I mean, Tambo talked about a tweet I don't even remember tweeting from like four years ago. If you still have it, you can retweet it, Tambo, where I like laid out like every single reason I hated Rory McIlroy. And really, in, in, in the bottom, in the, in the very end of things, it's just because of the Ryder Cup. And I'm just making excuses to hate him more. That's it. Uh, Tambo, what are your takes on Rory? I mean, do you have a favorite player on tour? Or and do you have players you hate on tour, or is it just strictly gambling and DFS related for you? It's usually DFS related. There's guys that are, like my guys that I always play. Like uh, they, a couple of them went out this week. R.I.P. Uh, Stephen Yeager and, and Nick Hardy, guys that I just like and play every week. I think they're good stuff. You know, Sung Jay, obviously a big time Sung Jay truther. I, I like his game quite a bit. But my guy, I told you this. I've said it publicly on the show before, and it's not why I'm sticking up for him for the Ryder Cup battle. But I, I, I was a Ricky Fowler fan forever, and then I publicly came on this show and said I'm switching gears to Justin Thomas before he even won his first major. I just, I really liked his game. He was an up and comer. I believed in him. His talent, everything was solid. I've stuck with him. I, I like my guy, JT. It's a bad season. He's struggling hard. I get it, but don't just want to flip-flop all the time. I really do like JT. I like his game. The Rory thing, just to go back to it, is separate. It's funny. The thing you laid out about three or four years ago was actually was when Bryson was, you know, crying on the range and everything like that. And you were like, I'm not sure why Bryson's getting all this hate. You said like, what, why don't people hate on Rory? Like you were, you were still trying to sway the crowd back then to hate Rory. You're like, why don't you hate Rory? And your list was like, he did this before he didn't shake hands after this. He, we wind up with this. He's not cherishing the Ryder cup when it's like a team event that you get picked for and you should, and you, and you earn this or you earn this opportunity, not get picked for you earn this opportunity and blah, 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 like things like that. So you've always kind of been against them a little bit, but I think it's, you just made the point why, the one thing is he gets it, man, because of the spot the spotlight and all that that he's in. Like we've talked about this in the past about him not winning a major, even though he's been so close so many times, he just gets shit on because he doesn't close the deal on it. But the guy has tried his first way. Like he came out as this kid cocky a little bit, like trying to do his thing and he was doing his thing, mind you. So it was good. Then he had to go through like a humble period of not the majors, but still doing it. He's always been good. We know Rory, he's top talent of all time. One of them, but I'm saying like, he's now went in this, transition this last two years i guess since like maybe since covid i'll say but like where he finally started speaking his mind and he started saying things that 
um, I don't know. Again, I don't know who he was speaking to. If it was for the public or it was just he's transitioned more and now. This is who he is. But a lot of the stuff was very friendly to like how it would be perceived by the general public. Like you know, remember him in tears after speaking to Ryder Cup after the Ryder Cup, saying, you know, now I get it. Now I understand it. Like he was, he knew that he talked shit on this before and acted like it ain't that real. It ain't that special. I'm about what the game of golf is about and the titles and the legendary stuff and all that and the in the history. But that's part of it. And then he got it. And then there was like the funny clip with JT that time where he's talking about getting Domino's pizza. He's just a relatable dude. I'm not sure if you saw it. It was funny. He's like, man, you know what we've been craving lately? Some Domino's pizza. And JT just laughs at him. It's like a cool clip. And then you see the stuff about uh, Liv where he stepped up for the tour. Now, obviously, he got slapped in the face a little bit on that. We're still waiting to see how that plays out. But the point being, you know, after the open, he was open about losing to Cam Smith and have, not having it down the stretch. And then they say they saw him in tears in his wife's arm wife's arms getting into the car and heading out like it just was too much to oh he was overwhelmed but he did his speech and blah 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 so he became really relatable in my opinion which is why people are like okay but he speaks his mind you and i both had said this though when like when rom got on the mic we kind of liked that better and i don't know it was like a mini rory hatred it was just like we like i, I think rom speaks it better and it almost made rory stuff seem a little bit fake even though it's yes. probably not. I'm, I'm not i'm just saying because rom said it and you just knew that was rom saying it it almost the it's maybe it's just Rom's demeanor, but it made it feel like Rory's shit was fake and was phony. Where you're like, oh, well, maybe Rory just said that because this. Probably not, but I'm just saying it's whatever the way it worked out. That is how it felt, and a lot of people felt that way too. By the way, a lot of people said Rory yeah. greater than Rom on the microphone and on the course. People said or with the jokes, but I, I don't know. That was the other take I had. The, the funny thing is, what he reminds me is of Phil when he was younger. Uh, and of course, that's sort of where the whole problem, the whole thing situated where where Rory talks shit about Phil, about, you know, how he can, you know, um, go ahead and not bet on the Ryder Cup now after Phil's, you know. Well, no, he can bet on it now because he's not yeah, in it. Because he's not on the team. Like, if there were boys and he said that, yeah, I could take that as a joke. But the thing about it is they're not friends anymore, right? right. So obviously it was a dig at, at Phil. And, yeah. now, and now Phil, you know, some people... A lot of people think Phil deserves a dig, and I understand why. Uh, you know, because of leaving, uh, leaving, doing whatever, whatever you think about Liv. Um, now, but the thing about it is, like in the history of golf, that's a no-no, right? I mean, like, have you ever heard of another golfer talking shit about another golfer, another pro golfer that's outside of like rules violations and team competitions? Like, I, you know, I, I. I like it just doesn't happen, right? And so everyone was like loving it. And I was like, I don't get the love here. Like, well, this is not what like golf people do, like ever. Like they never talk shit about other golfers. Uh now, granted, that could be why there aren't that many fans and as many fans as there could be about golf. And people want more people to speak out and talk shit. I mean, like the goal, like the biggest bump we had of golf popularity outside of COVID because it was the only thing that was on was probably the Bryson Kepka shit, right? I was just gonna uh, say, you know, yeah, I didn't want to cut you off, but I want to interject quickly because I do think yeah. that's the key factor. You just said it. What the golf players do stand by history and etiquette. And that's why Lucas Glover's out there, you know, swamp ass because there's no shorts on the PGA tour. Now live has, I get the joke and back, but still the point being, that's just another side joke. But the, the main thing is you said it when people had, the Brooks versus Bryson thing, that's why people liked it. The new age sports fan, or if you're trying to get the new age sports fan involved, yeah. needs some drama. That's why we've yeah. said it all season about the lifting. It's not about do we like live, love, live, care about it, anything. It's there is no secret. Guys like Poulter, Reed, 
Bryson, Pat Perez, even like some of these other dudes that even DJ, like these, even DJ has no personality that is like a star personality. It's just, that's part of the shtick. And it's like, man, it's crazy that all the personalities are there versus you can have like Patrick Cantlay couldn't even smile yesterday. And the dude's in a chance to win the damn thing. There's nothing to smile, about when you go in the water on the first playoff hole, but before that, there's no emotion. Scotty Scheffler wins. It's not, it just doesn't get people fired up. Like some of these other guys. That's why we like Rom. I don't care what anyone says. I love Rom's game because Rom is fired up and Rom takes it seriously. Hatton goes a little bit too much over the edge again, where maybe it's like Rom's demeanor and you know, it's so legit makes you think the other one isn't, even though Hatton's is pretty truthful. Like he, he's always swearing and cursing and giving the finger to the hole. But the point being, it's like you said it, there's only so many of these actual personalities and people want these battles. They want this conversation. And to your point, the Phil Rory thing, like that's not, that that's a full on dig. When, when Tiger says to JT, Oh, you should come to the champions dinner tomorrow. Oh, oh wait, you can't, you're not, you're not yeah. a champion. They're boys. That's, that's a funny fun. joke. Yeah. yeah. That's them messing around and they laugh about it. That's not like a bad, it, no one sees it as that way. Uh, Rory but, was definitely digging. But the Rory thing, like you said, and why I think you brought up the tweet not to keep it going, but like the forced factor, there, there is a forced factor because even the Netflix series, fuck you, Phil. Like, why do you have to say, like, who cares? Like, I, I yeah. get it. And it's a good clip for the Netflix documentary to be like, oh, Roy, oh it's not that serious. Like, I wasn't like, oh, shit, Rory called out Phil. It, who, it sounded so fake and forced and like, oh, yes, we get it. It's you versus Liv. Like, again, I'm not sticking up for the other. I don't care. I just think, like you said, it can feel forced when Rory does stuff, even if he is the nicest guy and an incredible human. Clearly and the is. funny thing is, that's why I didn't like Phil for 30 years. Because everything he said just seemed like it was it was scripted for the mic. And like I, I know people believe Rory, but sometimes I don't. Like I feel like it's scripted shit. Funny uh, they have a not... very similar career trajectory too. Remember when uh, we talked about like Kyle Porter brought the stats out from Data Golf on the last thing when everyone's like Rory's sucks again, Rory's a piece of shit. And they're like, no, Rory's just not Tiger. So like yeah. figure that out, get that in your mind straight. He is way more like a fill career trajectory. Mind you, he got things sooner and faster and all. I get that. But the path he's on is very Phil-esque. And they're almost like that. And maybe I don't know, maybe that bothers him now that he's seen stuff like that. But he's just, he's not Tiger. Nobody is. You're just going to have to deal with it. There's there's no other Tiger and, Woods on tour. And I'll be honest, like I said, the reason I hate him is because of the Ryder Cup. And I just find excuses to hate him more. That's it. They're just <laughs> excuses. Uh, that's right. what it comes down to for me. All right, so let's move on. So I got Hovland as my first cash game cornerstone. I, I like Rory. I'm gonna play for <laughs> you know when it, when it comes when it comes to DFS and when it comes to gambling, you know you just cut the biases off. My ass is playing Rory. Good week last week. I'm gonna play him. Uh, the guy. I'm gonna go Rory Rom uh, as my two GBP plays, and I'm gonna play Hovland and Cass. Let's move on to the nine K range. Um, I like the nine K range a lot. That's why I think I'm only gonna be playing Rory and Rom up top and basically skipping everybody else uh, except Hovland and Cash. Um, because I mean, like, I like more cow. More cow is my second cash game cornerstone. Like I said, I'm going with uh, with um, with studs. He, he what he finished second here in the uh, um, 2018 Illini Invitational. One of the two. He finished second. Uh, either that or the um, I mean, whatever I said in the freaking course preview. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, but he has played well here uh, in the past. He's really good on difficult courses. Uh, I'm going to go back to, to Morikawa. I feel like, uh, you know, he can go in and do his thing and be in contention uh, at a course like this, uh, especially with how accurate he is off the tee and how good his iron play is, especially from distance. My third cash game cornerstone, we're going to go ahead and stick here 
It's going to be Homer. Homer impressed the fuck on me last week. Uh, he was my fade of the week last week because, like I said in the past, don't play Homer on uh, play Homer on Homer courses. Fade Homer on non-Homer courses. It's worked out pretty fucking well the whole year. Now, last week he played that event six times, never finished better than forty second. And he comes out there, and he's in contention. Yeah, he sort of faded a little bit at the end. In contention, trying for the win on a Sunday. That impressed me. And, of course, he loves these, you know, parkland-type, traditional, classic, you know, golf courses, which Olympia Fields is. Um, so I think just every, just the way he's playing and the way it fits, I, I really like him. Uh, I think uh, he has a chance to win the event. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, he's won like four, four or five times in the last couple of years. The win equity is there uh, for Homer. Uh, so, so I'm going to go ahead and use him as my third cash game cornerstone. Now, the popular guy, I think, is going to be Hideki Matsuyama. Um, with his 65 on Sunday at, at TPC Southwind and his top, what, five, top three finish, whatever he finished uh, in the 2020 BMW Championship. Now, the thing is, he was top 15 in driving distance at that time in that tournament. He has lost a lot of his game off the tee since his last appearance at the BMW Championship. It's become almost as weak as, as his putting. Maybe not, not, it's getting close to being as weak as his putting. Uh, he has not been great off the tee. He's lost strokes off the tee in, I think, five of his last nine events. Um, and this is a very, very heavy strokes gain off the tee course. Um, he will be a fade for me. Uh, so so that's where I'm going with that. And I know he's popular. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and fade him. Um, who do you like uh, in this range? I mean, uh, and, and if I'm going to play G for GPPs, um, I like Hatton a lot. I think Flatblag not playing well he plays well on difficult courses that's sort of his thing uh you know we've seen him uh contend what are you running up at um bay uh, uh honda one of the tougher courses out there um you know he didn't play well last week but just looking over all of the stuff you know the par four scoring he's the best in the field one of the best in long par four uh efficiency from like 450 uh to um i'm sorry hold on i guess I'm looking, yes 450 to 500 yards right um, you know, one of the top five in bogey avoidance, still in the top 15 in driving distance on this. I really like Hatton to bounce back, uh, maybe at a, a slightly depressed ownership uh, this week. Tampa, who do you like? I don't think he's going to be depressed. I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be right there, suppressed, whatever you want to call it. But I just think in general, um, I actually bet Decky. So, uh, like, I guess your only take is that the. You know what? Here's the thing. He was my first bet this week, this morning. And then okay. when I did my research and looked over it more, I cashed out. So, like, if you've noticed Perfect. on my Twitter feed, the Thanks. last uh, three weeks, uh, I've been doing this thing where I have my last three guys out of my player pool. Like, I make my player, I have my pool, try and make my lineups, and then if the leverage over the projected ownership isn't good enough, I have to get rid of people, right? And so I've been doing my last three out the last three weeks. Three weeks ago, Lee Hodges won. Two weeks ago, I think it was Jaeger. I think he finished fifth. Last week, Lucas Glover, he won. So yeah. so it, it's been bad for me, but hopefully it's been good for you. We will uh, be patiently people... waiting that, uh, that tweet. Yeah. If you don't follow yeah, Kenny yeah. at KendoVT, get that tweet on yeah. Wednesday evenings. It's been a printer right now for yeah, that. You've we'll been making money it. if you've been doing that. But so, I, just, yeah. I, I haven't really... been making money, but you have. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I just I don't care as much about this bomber thing as what everyone will make it out to be, and I get it. I don't care about the bomber thing either, Tambo. It's just the fact that he sucked with his driver. 
Yeah, I just don't. I, again, too much else is that he's good at, and he looked fine uh, to me and looked fine on Sunday. Like, I, I'm really very comfortable with him, actually, both cases here. I actually think, too, when you've got Homa, Fleetwood, Kawa, uh, below him, you got Glover, Fowler, Sungjae coming off a good one, and Hatton. There's just too many guys. Again, they'll all get spaced out, but I'm saying I don't see Decky being, like, the most popular in this range. So, for both DFS and betting, I was fine. 30-1 to 1 is the number I got him at. I had 33. There you go, 33. So, like, yeah, I, I think that was fine to me. Like, again... Would you want a better number? Obviously, but at the same time, I'm okay with it. So that's of note. One thing I just can see this happening. Sometimes I just get these gut feelings, Kenny, and I just feel like this is the one, man. Fleetwood wins, and it's Fleetwood finally gets a win, albeit a reduced field PGA Tour win in a playoff event with only 50 guys. But, man, he's been playing good golf. It still sets up well for him. Everything he does with his game right now, tee to green, approach, bogey avoid. Like, it's just everything setting up well. He's just playing too good to not close one. And it would only make perfect sense to me to see him get the job done, finally get that PGA tour win, but it'd be a 50 man field, but then it will class. It still gets boosted up because it's still worth so many points and it's the playoffs and all that. But I mean, he's playing too. I'm just going to stick with the guys that are playing well, Kenny. It's, you know, for me, it's like Kawa, Fleetwood, Hatton. And then like the other guys, my guys always like M Fowler, like this, this is the range why I said to you at the top of the show, like, I love the guys up top, but if I can find some balanced builds like this, this is where I see you can get like four of these guys in the top 10 with a winner. Like I, I just see it starting here. And I'm not saying to put all four of them in your line. I'm saying, this is why I, I feel good about this range. Maybe others will start to feel that as the week goes on and less comfortable with the guys down below. So in large field tournaments, maybe you put the flip on and build your sets out and get some of these lineups with, like I said, maybe can't lay X skip all these guys in the nine K range. That'll be popular. I like that build as something different as a way to be different this week. I'm just saying if we're talking by range, which we always do, I got to mention the guys that I like. And for me, those stand out. If Glover does it again, good for Glover. I get the numbers still line up. He should continue it. The putter's hot. It's just, man, it's tough when there's just so many other guys. And again, I know people will like that because he may be the guy that comes in at 10%. But if you think he's overachieved, and I do, then I still don't give him the points. Even if you are getting that bit of an ownership break, I still can't give him the the juice on the other side to say he's the talent level at 9,100 in a range of, Fleetwood, Hatton, Decky, you know, Fowler, Homa, M, Connors, like just so many guys, man. It's just really tough. Mind you, he's won the last two weeks, so people say whatever, but that's just my take. Keep it going. AK range. Um, not the biggest fan. I mean, there's some guys I like here. The one guy that's interesting to me is Jason Day. Uh, just really good around the green. You're going to need it. You're going to miss greens here. Like I said, 58% uh, green regulation percentage here in 2020. Uh, you know, bogey avoidance, one of the best in the field. I think he's second. Uh, one of the better uh, par four scores in this field. I think he's ninth or eighth um, in strokes game par four scoring uh, in strokes game par four. And so uh, I don't I don't know how popular it would be. I mean I don't think he'll be very popular, but he's long enough. Uh, his ball flight's extremely high, which could be good uh, at a course like this where you know you're going to have to go with some mid to long irons out there, and who knows how firm these greens are going to be. Like the first couple of days that we're in 2020, they were firm as fuck. Uh, so, you know, I, I sort of like him as like a, a, a one of those, you know, leverage type GPU plays, but we'll see how much ownership he, he really steams up. And I like Russell Henley. If you're going to go with a plotter down here, Henley and Harmon sort of makes sense uh, because they hit so many fairways. Uh, and, and again, we saw it at um, the Open Championship where, uh, where Harmon was hitting his driver when everyone else was hitting 
you know, three iron and stuff like that. Now everyone's going to be hitting a driver here. So it's a little bit less of an advantage, but he hits a lot of fairways with the driver still compounded out there 290 to 300 yards uh, and hit a ton of fairways. So both those guys are interesting uh, to me down here. Who do you like in the AK range, Tamil? Yeah, I do think one other interesting build, I was just looking at it, is it, it kind of doesn't really, it, la- it doesn't really land in this range. If you go with, if you, so for me, Kenny, it's everything we just talked about. Like when you go Kawa, Fleetwood, Homa, Decky, Sungjae, Fowler, Glover, Hatton, that whole 9K range, I don't care who your guy is. There is spread out ownership there, but it's like 15 to 20% on all of them is what it feels like early on. So they're all getting enough love that if you could just make a build where you use one guy above them, or two of them and drop down, like I'd said. But if you even just use one and then can find your guys in this range, like Connors, Jason Day, who you mentioned, and then there's the other guys, like you, you know, the Henleys, the Harmons, the Finaus. I'm not trying to name everyone. I'm trying to say the build style. Again, talking roster construction in a no-cut event, another way to find leverage is to do it through roster construction and not just through a low-owned play. And what I mean by that is, like, Wyndham Clark burned everybody last week. And I just said it, that I'm not as high on this bomber thing as everybody. In a, in a 50-man field, guess what? A lot of these guys bomb it. So what's going to happen? You already know. For Sunday, it's, oh, uh, Tambo said that it wasn't really about bombers. Clearly it is. There's a shitload of bombers in this field or that you could classify as bombers. So I don't want that to get misconstrued and be clear on that. But what I'm saying is, if you were wanting to go full in on that narrative and say to add to the extra with a guy like Clark, well, Clark already pops. Everyone loved him last week. And now you go look at the stats here again, totally different course, but solid tee to green, solid on approach, got the driving distance, but he also has the scrambling, the bogey avoidance, the strokes game putting, like he, he can do it all. He could still fit back in here at 8,800. So you got a guy up top, Wyndham Clark as your second guy in. Go with your Jason Day call and your Henley call and now fill it out. That That's an interesting build that you're skipping all those 9K guys. You're making your stand on your guy up top. And now you got to put three 8K guys in. But I just think, again, not many people are going to build like that. So I definitely think that's a way you could get different this week as well. For guys in here that I like, I, I guess, you know, Connors, Clark, Day, uh, Finau, Henley. And then what do you do with Cameron Young, who we just talked about as well? Like, I mean, doesn't he feel like he still has to prove something? Even if Fred Couples did say that, it's whether he does or not, I don't know. But just going back out here, also. Well, here's the thing. Cam's been pretty good in majors, at least last year. This yeah. is a major type course, maybe. I mean, I have him clicked for now. He's not one of my favorites, but I have him clicked. What about this? I can't remember if this is true or not, but didn't Webb Simpson win a major here? No, it was Jim he... Furyk. Yeah, Jim Furyk. Yeah. What? What was the? Um, what did we? Didn't we compare Webb at one of these courses before? I thought it was Olympia Fields for some reason, but I was thinking of the Paul Tesori connection as well, but I can't remember what it was. It wasn't what, what I just said. I was just trying to remember what it was, but um, all right, fine. I was trying to look for a different angle. One more narrative in Kenny, you know, I'm always looking for something, but I don't have it. So keep it going. Let, let's go into this next range. I just thought Cameron Young would be the other interesting one in here, but like Sam Burns flop leg is there too. They're just, these aren't my favorite guys versus the other ones around them. I did bet Cam Young. He was at 50 this morning. First thing, everybody hopped on and then he dropped to 40. So what, what, what else do you got in here? Anybody else? If not go into the seven K range. Yeah, seven carries. I like Cam Davis. He's been playing really good golf. He's been able to make it um, into the um, top 70 and top 50 the last two weeks. You know, he's long off the tee. Um, he's well above average with his longer irons. I do like Cam Davis. And I like the guys sort of in the bottom range here. Um, I like, um, I'm going to go back to Taylor Moore. Uh, I know, I don't know if people will after sort of his implosion on Sunday, but he sort of 
got the ship right towards the end of the round uh, after just, you know, virtually imploding uh, on the front nine. You know, he's, he's long off the tee, can put his ass off uh, when he wants to. So I, I think I can go back to him. Uh, no problem this week. And I like Figula, you know, four rounds in the sixties last week. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, again, it's going to be length and putting uh, for him, you know, off the tee and, you know, above average with his mid irons and, you know, both, both him and Cam Davis sneakily good around the greens. Um, so I like those three guys in the seven K range, Tim. Yeah. And you know what it was? This, so people know how my brain works. I don't just like make up shit on the fly. I just remembered it quickly. Olympic fields was where he won his major. Webb Simpson won at Olympic Olympic Club, sorry. Olympic Club. Oh, okay. I, like, I, I know. I'm miss, now I'm mixing them both. Uh, yeah, Olympic yeah. Club in 2012, he won the U.S. Open there, and we talked about that for something else. I forget what else we we played there, and we went back to it, and maybe I can't remember what it was there either, but we did talk about that before. Olympic Fields, or Olympic Park being down, the Olympic Club, sorry, being down the street from one of the events with Webb Simpson. So I was thinking of that, but obviously just the Olymp got me excited there. But either way, uh, we can move on. 7K range, I like. Justin Rose after the battle back last week. I like uh, Sibu Kim, Benny Ann. I think those are still good guys that you can go back and play here. Emiliano Grillo stands out. If you want to go to Taylor Moore, who you just said, Keegan Bradley, you know, any of these guys you can fit in. The ones, my favorites are probably Bradley, um, Siwu, Cam Davis, and then maybe Grillo. I like Grillo at 7,400 as well. Probably those four would be the guys that stand out most for me. All right, 6K, 5K range. I'm going to go to my final cash game corner, so I'm just going to bottom of the barrel. You know, basically, I have a punt play this week. I'm going three studs and a punt, and then I still leaves me almost $15,000 to, to make my lineup. My final guy is going to be Kitayama. Uh, 17 birdies last week, only five bogeys. The issue he had is he had five doubles uh, that sort of kept him out of here. Now, the, the thing about this course, not as much water. Uh, balls don't go in. There's still about seven, eight holes of water, but you don't see as many balls in the water like TPC Southwind, which is like the most on tour in the last 20 years. So you're not going to see that. You are going to see a ton of bogeys. Bogeys you'll see. Um, but you're not going to see, you know, too many, too many doubles and triples and stuff like that. Uh, so if Kinyama can go out there and just get enough birdies, he has the length and he has the good long iron play. Yeah, so he actually has those two things going for him. Uh, and then you make a couple of putts. Just get me, like, just be average for me when it comes to points, right? Because I got the three studs I got up top. And those are the ones that I really want to want to really ride my coattails on in cash. Plus, I have $15,000 and there's plenty of good options in the 7K range to fill out the other two spots. So that's how I'm going with my cash game strategy this week. Uh, my cash game cornerstones this week are going to be, of course, uh, we'll just it's going to be uh, Hovland at 10300 uh, Morikawa at 9,800 and Homa 9,500 and Kitayama at 5,600. Other guys I do like uh, in this lower range. I mean, Svensson and Shank are going to be popular. Eric Cole has basically been a birdie machine. Now, granted, it's been at easier courses uh, the last five or six weeks, but the man has just been making a shit ton of birdies now. At some point, is he going to like collapse and die from playing 800 weeks in a row? Maybe, but it might not be this week. Uh, so, so those are some guys that I'm thinking of, uh, down here. I think I'm going to play the popular guys. I don't see a problem with it because I mean, you're going, you're sort of reaching the bottom of the barrel here. It's tough, uh, to, to try and figure out a couple of guys, Brendan Todd, you know, he finished 12th year before he's someone to look at. Um, he's been playing decent golf here recently without a doubt. 
Uh, he, you know, he's definitely there. Who do you like in this range? Yeah, I think the some of the guys that I don't like Chris Kirk, Lee Hodges, you know, whoever is going to be popular. I'm thinking Shank, Cole, and then maybe, you know, Patrick Rogers because he's literally bottom of the barrel and people just like playing him still. But I don't see anybody getting that crazy of ownership down here. We'll have to see how it shakes out completely. But um, some of the guys you go back to, I guess, Denny at 6,700 would be interesting. And then I don't know if Svensson gets it or not because when you have Shank, Cole, Hodges, Kirk, Maybe he gets overlooked, and I kind of like him always. But Nick Taylor was the guy I played last week, and even Seamus Power. Um, so for me, probably the favorites would be like Shank, Cole, Kirk, and then maybe Seamus Power and McCarthy is like the second tier there for like just to name five of the 12 or 15 down here. So I, I think that's kind of where it stands for me, at least on an early look, Kenny, for me down in this 5 and 6K range. All right. That sounds good. Uh, one and done last week. I still have Rom. Oh. I'm not going to win. Use them. Uh, are you are you are you in any of them? I'm in 355th place. I would need a miracle, but I'll take whatever cash I can get. I want to make money, so um, I've got. I'm debating between Sam Burns, who's like really low owned that you can use him, or Justin Rose. But Justin Rose is, has more ownership available still, so I, I don't know. I don't think it matters, but I'm just trying to make cash. But probably use Sam Burns. Just hope for the best. I got two bets so far. I'm going to add one more uh, as the week goes on. But right now, I got Cam Davis, 45 to 1, with eight places each way. And I got Adam Schenk, 100 to 1, eight places each way. I'm either going to add Rory Rom or Hovland. I don't know who yet. All right. I got three bets. I've got Hideki, 30, Finau, 40, Young, 50. There you go. Solid. Finau, I didn't talk a lot about earlier, but I another guy, just going back to it, like I said, he's got a do something and he's capable of doing something. I believe he came fifth here. Yeah. He came fifth here and even still look not the same course. I get it, but his BMW championship history of just being able to show up in this event, seventh, eighth, fourth, fifth, 15th, 20. I mean, it's solid. He sets up. And then lastly, you go look at the stats. He's 8,400 or 8,300. Sorry. Um, over the last 50 rounds, he's top 20 in pretty much everything. Top 10 or 11. in some of the bigger ones like T to green approach top 20 and off the T distance, solid around the greens not a lot of bogeys made like he, he just sets up well uh again his price 8300 he's below the average but for a bet at 40 I, I got no problem i wouldn't be shocked if he came out and did something so i mean he's got to do something be now so 40 to 1 i like that one all right well that sounds good you can find me on twitter at kendo vt find my article every week on gupscorner.com use promo code kenny save yourself 30 percent on a membership to gups corner Find me on Twitter at Toe Tag Last week of the Golf Tidbits, I talked about this last week, so not doing it for a 30-man event next week. I mean, we're doing this show next week, but it's again, it's 30 guys. We're probably going to spend more time talking about why Kenny hates Rory or who knows. No, it's going to be it's going to be Liv. It's going to be Phil and Liv, and it's, that's what we're going to be talking. I'm kidding. Killing our ratings I early. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Well, what's the old joke? We we know only eight people watch this show. Now we're going to go down to seven. So we'll we'll yeah. see. But um, you know, check that out. Follow me on Twitter at toe tag and Tam that stuff will be up. And then a lot going on right now. I use this pod to talk about it for sure. Ship myself, hoop got the site going full force. NFL is just around the corner. We did a launch show on the ship it nation, YouTube. You can break down everything we're going to have for this upcoming season. But we also recorded for those that always ask me about my process and getting better at the actual game and not just picks and plays. I talk a lot about this hoop and I recorded it took us a lot longer, but it's a four hour course breaking down NFL DFS process. We talked about 
everything from bankroll management, contest selection, roster construction, live finals and satellites, winning Millie Makers, Hoop reviews his Millie Maker winning lineup. I review live finals. We break down showdown, everything you could possibly want. When you buy any membership right now, this ends in the next, what is it, three and a half weeks? If you sign up now for monthly, the six months, or the annual package to shipitnation.com, you get this course included for free in your membership. You have full access to it to get ready for the upcoming NFL DFS season. It's going to be a good one at shipitnation.com. All right, you should sign up. But four hours? Ain't nobody got time for that shit. You put in one hour a week, you can do it. But there's people that have binged it already. We got testimonials already coming in. People love that stuff. You'd be surprised. Everyone talks about, oh, we're going to tell you how to be a better player, but then they'll never sit down and actually do it and break it down for you where it's completely segmented on what we do. And we've had a lot of success playing that game. Who won the Millie Maker? Last year, I went to both live finals. I won like two showdown slates for 40 and 60K. I won a bunch of King of the Beach seats and came six there for 40K. Like It was just an, an amazing season last year. And that was before NBA, which you also get. When you sign up, and NBA is just around the corner in October as well. So lots going on at ShipItNation.com. All right. That sounds good. Should be a fun week on a tough course. Let there be carnage. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.